Welcome to our online canvas. We are so excited that you're with us today, whether you're online, on our podcast, or on our YouTube. Thanks for joining us today. Pastor Jared has a new sermon series called Accelerate. We're so excited for you to hear it, so check it out. We're glad you're with us. So um, we're starting a new series called Circles Around the City. And what I want to do is I want to take some passages in the Bible and teach you what happens when the church circles up. It's pretty awesome. In fact, I'll start with this. Last week was kind of fun. I, um, I was up in northern, uh, the northwest in the Seattle area. I was preaching in an awesome church there. And I had a guest that was here preaching by the name of Evan Carmichael. And didn't he do a great job last week? Had a great word. Here's the thing. On Friday before that weekend, Evan, who's from Hawaii and is only in the ocean, I took him on a lake. And that's something that he hadn't really experienced before. We got behind a boat. In fact, last week I had a, a shameless moment. And what I mean by that is, is that if you were on Facebook or Instagram, and if you don't have it, follow me on there because sometimes I, I'll share things with the church. But I actually was surfing on the back of a boat on the lake and I took advantage of the moment to invite people to Higher Vision Church. And I said, shameless, I'll use any opportunity I can to get people into his house. And so we went surfing on the back of the boat out on the lake and we're, the goal was to get Evan up on that surfboard. Evan had never done it before so it's a new experience. And when you're laying back in the water like that, you put your feet up on the surfboard and what has to happen, in order to get a 200 pound man from the water on top of the water where he's surfing and soaring and riding, there has to be a thing called acceleration. Come on, you guys understand. And so he was laying back in the water and got his feet up on the board. And after a few tries, we figured it out. He figured it out. And he would say, hit it. And the boat would accelerate. And suddenly he would go from being in the middle of the water going nowhere to riding smooth on the wave. The point I want to make is that I believe that many of us have not experienced our riding on the wave moments yet. When it comes to our family, when it comes to the business we're involved in, when it comes to the calling, our spiritual journey... We can get stagnant, and what I, I really believe God wants to do is He wants us to accelerate. Everybody say accelerate. So as we talk about circles around the city, we're really going to focus on how you and I can accelerate. How many would say that there are places that you need to move forward in your life? Come on, wave at me. So we're going to take a passage in the Bible where we see the first example of circles around the city. Literally, this happened in the New Testament. In fact, the church had just been launched, and what you're going to see when we read about this launching of the church and circles around the city, that the church began to accelerate. So let's go, if you will, stand to your feet. I want to read Acts chapter 2. Now I'm going to read the first part for you, and I'm going to have you join in at the end. Those of you joining us online, you can stand, unless you're watching while you're driving or in the car. Don't stand, that would be dangerous. And probably shouldn't be watching while you're driving either. Anyway, so here's what the scripture says. Now remember, the day of Pentecost had come. The Holy Spirit is released. Peter preaches, 3,000 people get saved. Now watch what happens. This is what the church does. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. When that happened, a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. 
They sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Now, that doesn't mean that if they, they had their house, they sold their house, and then they were homeless and gave it to the need. It was people that had resources, had properties, had things that they could sell. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. Now I want everyone to read this with me. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What this tells us is that the church, it accelerated. Literally every day somebody got saved. All year long people were finding Christ. Not only that, not only did it accelerate with growth and new people coming in and finding Christ, but the Bible says that there was such an anointing that the leaders of the church started flowing in miraculous miracles and signs and wonders on a level that they hadn't been in before. It just makes me think that maybe in this passage, there's some principles to help you and I get out of the water of stagnation and onto that surfboard and onto the wave where you and I can see growth in our lives, growth in our spiritual journey, growth as a church, we could see God do things he's never done before. How many for all that? Well, circles around the city is how it happened. And so I want you to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, Lord, as we start this new fall season where everybody's getting back into the flow of things, Lord, we're launching all of our circles here at Higher Vision. I pray that you would accelerate us. Accelerate us. Accelerate our church. Accelerate our dreams. Accelerate our families, our finances so that we can fulfill what you called us to do in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody shouted, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. The church began to explode, began to grow. Acceleration took place. In fact, you may not know this, but at the beginning of this year, at the end of 21 days of fasting and prayer, Dr. Michael Maiden was here, and he gave a prophetic word over our church that this was going to be a year of acceleration. And I'm claiming that promise for you. I'm claiming that promise for my family. Claiming that promise for Higher Vision Church. And as we look at the passage this week and next week, I'm so excited to share with you next week. I've already written the message. It's exciting. In fact, the Lord gave me the message I'm going to preach next week as I was walking up to the platform to preach in an event. It was one of the most powerful truths I've ever seen, and it's about acceleration. Literally, someone accelerated and ran faster than a chariot. So I'm going to talk to you about that next week. This week, I want to talk to you about the church. I'm going to talk to you about you and me about circles around the city and how we can accelerate. The Bible says that the church, they became devoted. They devoted themselves, and then it tells us the things they devoted themselves to. And when they devoted themselves to these things, acceleration took place. So I'm going to give you three things that you and I need to devote ourselves to. If we're a part of the church, the early church, this is what they did. This is, I believe, what we're supposed to do. Write this down. Point number one, what we should, we should be devoted to is be devoted to church. Now, I know some of you said, ah, you sucker punched us with that one, Pastor Jared. <laughs> of course you're going to throw that one in. Well, let's read it. I want, I want you to see this because this is important. It begins by saying, all the believers. Let, let's start with the first word. What does it say? All. Now, can I tell you what that means in the Greek? Everybody. <laughs> Come on, look at somebody and say, that means you. Everybody, all the believers. Now watch, all the believers, what does it say? Devoted themselves. We're going to talk about this word devotion. The word devotion, you know what it means? It means to persevere in an activity. It means to attach oneself to something. 
It means to hold fast to what you're attached to and to persist. So they persisted in this. They sold out to this. They held on to this. They didn't let go of this. This became a passion. All the believers devoted themselves to what? To the apostles' teaching, which is the Bible for us, right? The Word. Back then, they didn't have the Bible that we have now. So they devoted themselves to the Word of God, to the teaching of the apostles, to prayer. Verse 46, they worshiped together at the temple each day. So what this tells us is that they devoted themselves and they said, we're going to go to God's house. We're going to make church a priority. We're going to be there. When the doors are open on the weekend, Saturday night or Sunday morning, we're going to be there. We're devoted to church. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Growing up, when I was younger, I didn't always feel like being devoted to church. Come on, anybody ever gone through seasons? In fact, I was just at Ralph's. When I go to Ralph's, it's like a family reunion for higher vision. <laughs> Every time I get there, I see people everywhere. And they're like, hey, pastor. And one family walked right by me and didn't know me because I had my glasses on. And we were talking. It's like, these are my Clark Kent glasses. I took them off, and they're like, hey, Pastor Jared. <laughs> so weird. Anyway, so there was a woman there, and she said, Pastor, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what are you sorry for? She's like, it's been a long time. She goes, I had just gotten out of the habit. I, just, I need to come back. When I was growing up, it would be easy to get out of the habit of going to church because when you go to church, it wasn't exciting. It, it, you know, the church that I went to, I was younger, and it kind of felt like I was walking into the church of the chosen frozen. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> you kind of like... Are you awake? You know, it's like, and it just was kind of boring. In fact, the church I went to, at times it wasn't boring. It was the opposite. It was crazy. It was a Pentecostal, charismaniac, manic, charismatic church. And, and I never knew what was going to happen. I, and I was afraid to invite people to church because if I invited one of my friends that didn't know anything about God, I was, knew that Sister Shoutabout was going to get up and run the aisles. And I, I just knew all kinds of crazy stuff was going to happen. And then afterwards, I was going to have to go through the explanation and say, well, you know, and, and so it, it was a little tough. And so I, I, at times, didn't feel devoted. It's interesting because in this passage, the Bible says they devoted themselves. I mean, they persisted at They were all in. Like, I'm going. I'm not going to let the game stop me. I'm not going to let my busy schedule stop me. So here's the question. Why do we gather together corporately in church? Why? I'm going to give you three reasons. And we see it in the passage. Number one, for corporate worship. The Bible says they devoted themselves to worship. I'm going to tell you, there's something that happens in corporate worship. When we gather together and the presence of the Lord comes. You see, when we gather in these corporate settings and the Holy Spirit comes and shows up in such a powerful way, the Bible says in his presence there is fullness of joy. I'm telling you, I see it every week. People walk in and they're carrying the, you know, the weight of the world on their shoulders. And after church, they're a totally different person. I see them and they walk in and they're like, hey, pastor, hey, high five. Good word, Pastor Jerry. And they'll give me one. And they'll say, man, today, you got, you got to know, Pastor, I walked in and there's so much going on in my life, but it was like you were reading my emails. You heard the conversation I had before I got to, it was like God was talking to me. I'm going to tell you something. When you come to church and you worship and you get in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. The Bible says there's also freedom. People find freedom and breakthrough in their lives because of the presence of the Lord when we worship. The other thing we come is not just for corporate worship, but for corporate prayer. I'm going to tell you, there's some things that break when we gather together and pray. We learned that if you've been around in our series on prayer, we talked about the fact that when we get in a row and we, we gather together and we join hands and we pray, when two or three agree, right, 
There's power. There's breakthrough that takes place. I've seen it happen over and over again where people have struggled and they've had private prayer times and they've prayed on their own, but they get together with believers at church and the anointing is strong. Suddenly they lay hands on the sick and boom, they're healed and miracles take place. Devoted because of corporate prayer and corporate worship. And the last thing is corporate word. We need to hear a word from God. You know, the reality is, is that when we come to church, we get fed. Let me ask you a question. How many of you like food? Okay, now let's just get real. How many of you really like food? I, I'm in the category of really like food. Like, it's, uh, at times I've got to have the Lord help me because I don't want to stop eating food. Anybody been there? And, you know, here's the reality. I, I love all kinds of food. I love junk food. I'm trying to eat, not eat that right now. Um, I love junk food, but one of my favorite foods is Mexican food. I love carne asada, and I like burritos. Come on. I like enchiladas. Come on, anybody out there. I love food. One of my favorite places is a place called La Delicias. I don't know how to say it. I get, everyone rebukes me at every service when I say it, but. La Delicias, or Las Delicias, and, 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 and here's the thing, the reason this place is my favorite place right now is because it's between the church and my house, come on, anybody want to come? <laughs> it's just stop on the way, there and back, and here's the deal, why do we go to a restaurant? We go to a restaurant, now we, I can go in and make tacos, but I'm going to tell you, my tacos don't taste like La Delicias, and the reason is, is we go out to eat, to a place and we'll spend the money because somebody there has gone through training or has a gift or has the experience or has taken the time and has the equipment so that when they present the meal, it's something that we want to devour. And one of the reasons you come to church is because God has placed a pastor we have other pastors that come in, our pastoral staff, and they've been trained, they've been equipped. Guess what? I get to spend all week working on your meal. I get to spend 10, 15, 20 hours a week studying, looking at the Hebrew, looking at the Greek, researching stories, listening to other pastors teach on it. You see, sometimes we have to go somewhere where we can get what we can get that we can't get at home. Because when we go at home, it may be some mac and cheese, right? It may be some chicken nuggets, but sometimes you've got to say, slap me a carnesada burrito on my plate. And I'm telling you that one of the reasons that they began to accelerate is because they devoted themselves to church. They listened to the word of God. And I'm here to tell you, when you come to Higher Vision, whether I'm preaching, whether one of our guests are preaching, whether one of our pastors are preaching, you have people who are committed, who have, have been trained, studied, work hard, so that you can come and you can devote yourselves to the apostles' teaching. And when you devote yourself to the word of God and you take that word, what does the Bible say? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Now, the other side of it is we want you to learn to eat on your own because how many know you can't just eat on Sunday or you're going to be really skinny? You got to learn to all eat, eat, eat all week long. So we try to encourage you and help you with that. Where at times during the year we teach on devotions and how you do your devotions because we want you to be able to make your own meals. We want you to dive into the word for yourself, do a yearly devotional and all of that. But I'm telling you what happened in the church is that the apostles began to move in miracles. The church began to explode. Things began to accelerate. And I want to tell you, I believe that this church, I believe that you as the church, will accelerate when you say, I'm going to devote myself. Not to show up when it works out, 
but I'm going to build into my agenda, into my life, to be in the house of God, where I can experience his presence, where I can pray in power, and I can devour carne asada <laughs> from heaven. Hallelujah. Gloria a Dios. Throwing a little Spanglish in there for some of you. Let me show you in the Bible what it says. Pretty interesting. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. It says, and let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We just learned a few weeks ago about that we need to be people of love, and that we need to live with the standard in our life. How does that happen? By not giving up God's house. That's what it's talking about. It's talking about church. So by going to church, it helps us spur one another on to be who God called us to be. I'm telling you, if you want to get out of the doldrums of laying there in the water, going nowhere, and you want to get up on the wave, and you want to accelerate in your faith, like the early church, be devoted to God's house. Be devoted to church. Somebody say amen. Let me give you the second point. Let's go to point number two, and that is be devoted to circles. Some of you are like, I knew he was going to bring that up. Be devoted to circles. Now, when you hear the word circle, some of you go like, I'm new to this church. What, what, what does that mean? Do we get a little hoop in the back? What does that mean? No, a circle is our language for a small group where people gather together. And if you look at the early church, they didn't just devote themselves to church. But here's, here's what they devoted themselves to. If you go to Acts chapter 2, all the believers devoted themselves to, what's the word? Fellowship. Can I stop and give you the definition of fellowship? That's pretty cool. It's the act of sharing in a small setting. It also means participation in community. So when you participate in a community, a small group, and you share and encourage one another, that's what fellowship is. That's what the word means. So they devoted themselves not just to going into a row, but they devoted themselves to be in a circle, a small group of Christians that gather together. Now, they did it on a regular basis. Some of our groups do it once a month. Some of them, they do it twice a month. Some do it every week. But they committed to a small fellowship of believers. And look what it says, and to, to fellowship and to food. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody know a good circle has got some good food. So they devoted themselves to this gathering where they eat and they hang out and they talk and they build community and they share with one another, including they would take the Lord's Supper. And what happens at the end? The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved every single day. Acceleration comes not just from devotion to God's house, but devotion to one another in community in a small group. He said, I want to tell you, God created you for relationship. I've shared this before, but if you look at the beginning, when God created the world, he created like the sun, and he said it's good. He created the, 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 the waters, it is good. He created the gardens and the animals, and he said it's good. But then watch now, and the women like this because it's kind of funny. He created man, and he said it's not good. <laughs> but here's, it was just a pause because actually what he said was this. It's not good that he's alone. And so he, he created a circle. He gave him a wife because, I mean, no, a family is a circle. And here's the part that people miss. What you don't realize is that God is into growth. God wants you to grow. He wants the church to grow. He wants your faith to grow. He wants, I believe, I believe he wants your finances to grow so you can do more and be more generous. 
He wants things to grow. And so here's what he said. He said, it's not good to live by yourself. It's not good to live on your own. It's not good to isolate yourself. You need a circle. So I'm going to put you in a circle, and here's what happens. When you get in a circle, here's what you're going to do. You're going to be fruitful, and you're going to multiply. So here's what I'm going to do. When you're in a circle, I'm going to give you seed that will create growth and fruitfulness. There's a lot of people that want to grow, but they got no seed because they got no circle. There's a lot of people that want to multiply. They want to be fruitful, but they're not fruitful because they've got no seed because they've got no circle. Because it's the circle that creates the opportunity for God to plant the seed. I love this quote. You see, God appreciates your faithfulness, but he rewards your fruitfulness. What God is looking for is not just faithfulness. That's what we think. We've, we've bought into the lie. Well, if I can just be faithful, if I can just show up to church, if I can just give so many times. But what God is looking is for fruitfulness. In fact, there's just one judgment in heaven, and it has to do with fruitfulness. So God isn't just concerned. He's thankful for your faithfulness, but he wants to reward your fruitfulness. Now, so here's the question. As a Christian, then, how do I grow, Pastor Jared? How, how do I grow? How do I, what, what do I do? Well, let me, ask, let me just say it this way. If you've ever wondered, okay, I've been coming to Higher Vision now for three months, and what, what is it that the church feels like I need to do? What's, what's the process for me? How do I go farther? How do I accelerate? And I give you the, the three main things you need to do. If you come to Higher Vision Church, number one, we want you to attend Growth Track. If you walked into the lobby, you saw on the wall, there's a big G there, a new sign. You can see some of our values. And every Sunday morning, starting in two weeks, we're going to do for four weeks, four um, classes during the last service. So it's perfect for you guys because you can come to the second, and then you can go to the third service and do your growth track. And in there, you're going to learn about yourself, what your gifts and talents are. We're going to have, instead of coffee with the pastor, we're taking it to another level. We're going to have lunch with the pastor. And I'm going to be able to have lunch with you and talk with you and share about our church and hear from you. You're going to have an opportunity to become a member if you want to. You can also have an opportunity to find a place to serve. And, and you can find about your, the vision and calling on your life that God has for you. Grow track. That's the starting point. The second thing is we want everyone to join and or lead a circle. Everyone in the church, if you're part of this family, all of the believers devoted themselves to fellowship in homes. And so our heart is to have fellowship. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. And then thirdly, we want everyone to join a team, find a place to serve. Now, for some of you, serving might be leading a group, a circle. Some of you, serving might be helping in kids. For some, it might be helping outside with parking. How I many know we need lots of help there, amen? <laughs> so let's talk for a minute real quick about circles. Let me just tell you what are circles like here at Higher Vision. First of all, we're in a series. We're starting the fall. And the goal is circles around the city, 100 circles around the city. That's our vision. And we want to see literally in every area, this is the Santa Clarita Valley, we want to see all the way out in Canyon Country, we want to see 20 circles. We want to see 20 circles in Stevenson Ranch, New Hall, Saugus. We want circles all over, 100 circles all around the city. People meeting and sharing. And, and some of you say, well, what, what kind of circle? How does it work? Well, let me tell you about the circles that we have. There's different options. There are four types of circles here at Higher Vision Church. The first type of circle, and this will, well, this will be one that a lot of you would fall under, and that is the community circle. What is the community circle? Well, that's where you say, I'm going to get together because I just want to have a relationship with somebody, and, and, and maybe there's an interest that connects us. Maybe it's coffee. 
I'm going to do a circle or I'm going to be a part of a circle that meets on you know, Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. before work for 45 minutes and we're going to get together, we're going to drink some coffee, some joe, and we're going to talk a little bit and encourage each other, pray for each other, and we're going to go to work. For some of you, it might be, you know what, I love to surf. And there's got to be some people out there that want to surf, so I'll teach people that want to learn how, and we'll go once a month. Instead of going every week, we'll be a once a month circle. And it's around an interest, and I'll go out to Ventura, and we'll go surfing in the morning, grab some, you know, some breakfast on the way home, and when we do, we'll talk with each other, encourage each other, share our faith, share our story. That's a community circle. And really, everybody can do a community circle. In fact, you know what's really cool? You may say, well, Pastor, I'm not great with praying, and I, I can't teach. We'll get to study circle in a minute. But you know what? If you want to lead a circle, all you have to be able to do is push play. Because every week, we take my sermon, I re-preach it in like 10 minutes, just the highlights. And then we put together questions that go with it, and you can literally, on your phone, say, okay, guys, real quick, here's Pastor. For 10 minutes, I share. You pass out the paper, you open up your, your phone and say, okay, question number one, you start talking through, you start working through the, and what are you doing? You're devoting yourself to the teachings of the apostles to accelerate growth in your life, amen? So we have community circles, we have a study circle. A study circle is for those of you that just say, I want to go a little deeper. Rather than just relationship, I want to learn. So for instance, on Tuesday, we have tons of circles meetings starting in the fall. We got men's circles, we got women's circles, we got family circles, all kinds of circles, youth circles. One of the things that happens is in the women, they have a teaching by someone like, not this time, but like Beth Moore, and she'll do a teaching on video. And then afterwards, they get in their circles and they talk about it, they pray with one another, and they go deeper on a teaching or a specific subject. So those are study circles. We also have, and I love these ones, you ready? And I'm believing for lots of these. We're going to have outreach circles. What's an outreach circle? Well, that's an opportunity to reach into the community. The Bible says that the church grew daily. The only way it could grow daily is if circles were bringing new people in. So what happened was, what we're going to do at the end of the month, on the last Sunday in September, put it on your calendar, we're going to have a massive higher vision church barbecue and softball tournament. And if you like to play sports, play softball, get signed up, we'll have the information. But here's what we're hoping will happen. Maybe from that, we'll get enough people that we could put together three or four or five teams, start our own league, and then do what? Every team has 10 players. Let's say we're going to have six higher vision players, and then the person in charge of the team is going to find four people that don't go to higher vision, that aren't believers, to join their team. And now every week, they're going to be meeting on the, the softball field. They're going to pray before the game. They're going to be getting pizza afterwards. They're going to be hanging out, sharing their faith, inviting them to church, and reaching into the community, showing the love of Jesus Christ. Could be an outreach circle, a sports circle. Could be, we have Higher Vision Guardians, which it's, a, it's reaching out to first responders and those in the military and their spouses. So maybe for you, an outreach circle, or maybe you're here and you say, you know what, Pastor Jude, I want to take my calling to the next level in business or in ministry. And I want, to, I want to get more of a degree and take classes and all that. You can jump into SGI, Spiritual Growth Institute, and that can be your circle. The thing is, is that every person that comes to Higher Vision, we want you to attend Grow Track. We want you to find or lead a circle. And then the last thing was we want you to join a team. So how do I find or join a circle? Let me show you real quick, and then we're going to dive back into our passage. If you go to our website, we have worked diligently to try to make this as easy as possible. There's three ways to help you find a circle or lead a circle. Number one, if you want to find a circle, go to the website. You can do it on your phone or go to the app. We've created a search menu that's brand new. What's cool is it literally has a map 
that has our circles on it, and you can click on where circles are. Now, that's not specific to an address, so if someone's uncomfortable, if they're having it at their home and they don't want everyone to know, it's just in the general area. But you can literally say, hey, I live in Canyon Country. I think there's a circle. You click on Canyon Country, the red dot over there, and boom, up pops some circles. The other thing you can do is you can actually scroll down and just find out about the different groups and read about them. Or, here's the cool part, on the top of the screen, there's all these little buttons, and you can search based on what you want. So, for instance, stage of life. Maybe you open that up and you look at married. I want to look for a married circle. You click there. And then you're like, oh, neighborhood. You put here, okay, uh, Stevenson Ranch. You click that. And then you look, okay, regularity. I want one that meets twice a week because I'm too busy to do every week. You could do twice a week. And then you can do uh, circle attributes. Is it an outreach circle, whatever. Day of the week. I'm looking for Wednesday. And then you hit search, and then it'll bring up all of the circles that are in the area you're looking for. Is that not cool? Come on, technology rocks. Because we want you, we want to make it easy to help you find a circle. Another way you can find a circle is talk to someone in a red shirt after service for the next few weeks. They'll help you. The other thing you can do is go to our welcome tent. And out there at the welcome tent, Anthony's going to be out there, the team's going to be out there, and they will help you. They will encourage you. Now, maybe you're here and you're saying, listen, I, I, I want to find a circle, but actually, I want to lead a circle. What do I do? How do I lead a circle? Well, we're going to do a special training for circle leaders on Sunday, September 9th, 4.30 to 6.30 p.m., right here in room 11 and 12. So if you want to quickly get prepared, now, some of you have already gone through this process, but if you want to quickly get prepared and ready to lead a circle, we're going to make it possible for you with this. You can also, at the end of the service, grab one of these bands. I'm going to talk to you about it in a little bit. Grab one of these bands, go back to the tent, tell Anthony, hey, tell the team, I want to lead a circle, what do I need to do? And they'll get you in the process so that you can lead a circle. Here's why. We're not doing this because we're trying to give you more to do. We're not doing this because we want to be cool and trendy. We're doing this because I want you to get out of the water and I want you to ride the wave. And I'm telling you, the key to acceleration in your life, spiritually, is not just being devoted to God's house, it's being devoted to a circle. Because it's in a circle that God is going to put seed in you so that you can see multiplication and grow and accelerate. How many want to accelerate? Say amen. All right, so I'm going to give you the last point. Point number one was be devoted to church. Number two is be devoted to a circle. The third thing we learn here is be devoted to generosity. Be devoted to generosity. Let's read about the story. It says in Acts chapter 2, it says they all devoted themselves to the church, to homes, meeting in homes, right, fellowship. Then all the believers met together in one place and shared everything. Come on, everybody say share. How many know when we grow up and when we're little, that's the last thing we want to do? How many know that other than mom and dad, the, the, the next word we learn is mine? <laughs> right? Because we're selfish in nature. That's human nature. But what happened is when they got involved and they began, to, they began to get into God's house and they began to get in community, what happened was suddenly instead of mine, it became share. They met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their properties and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They met in homes and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. You see, what happened was a mind shift. We talked a few weeks about the Babylon mentality, which tries to get us to make it all about us. But what happens when you get devoted to God's house and to community and circles, the next thing that happens is suddenly you begin to realize, hey, wait a minute, as God's moving in my life, this isn't about me. 
This is about others. And there are others that have needs. There are others, because let me tell you something, God cares about others. Let me say it this way, God cares about the lost. I love at the end of the verse, or at the end of the passage, God cares about the lost. It says that at the end, he added to the church by getting people saved. People were getting saved. Let me explain it this way. You see, when you begin to devote yourself to God's house, you begin to devote yourself to his word, to small groups, suddenly you start to care what God cares about. You start to care about what God cares about. All right, come on, tell me, you've been to Disneyland. How many have heard that it's supposed to be the happiest place on earth, but you have gone in the summer when it's hot and there's a, a hundred million people there and it did not feel like the happiest place on earth? Right? And you discovered that they're smart because they know you're going to be unhappy at the happy place because you're going to be in a long line. So they put 12 food carts along the line <laughs> so that you eat a frozen banana and then you'll eat a, a Mickey ice cream sandwich and then you'll eat a churro and uh, you'll think it's still the happiest place on earth, right? So I was at Disneyland with my kids many years ago. My youngest, um, I forget how old Tanner was, but Macy was probably five, six years old. We were at Disneyland, and we were actually not in the park. We'd gone out downtown Disney by the Lego store. Devette had Haley and Tanner. Hudson wasn't, hadn't come along yet. And so I had Macy, and Macy had to go to the bathroom. So I did, um, like any good dad would do, I took her to the bathroom, and I, I actually, she went in. She was old enough to go on her own, so I sent her in to the women's bathroom. And then I waited, and I stood outside, and I, you know, looked around and checked out the Legos, you know, because they have the ones on the side of the store. I'm like, how do they do that? That's crazy. And, you know, I'm doing all that stuff, looking at my phone, and I keep waiting, I keep waiting, and I'm like, what's going on? And, and Macy hasn't come out. So finally, after a long time, I'm, I'm a little nervous. I walk up too late, and listen, Maylee, I'm not weird. W would you go into the bathroom and just ask if there's a Macy in there. There's a little girl with a pigtail. She's got a big ponytail and a bow, and, and she's really cute. She looks just like me. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and, um, and so she's like, okay. So she goes in, and she comes back out, and she says, there's no little Macy in there. And my heart sinks. And I start freaking out. Somehow, I've been looking at one of those stupid Legos, and she must have come out and didn't see me, and now she's gone. I start freaking out and I'm running around and I'm like, I called Devet and I'm Devet, Macy's gone and she was in the bathroom and she must have come out and I didn't see her and I can't find her. She's like, what, is she with you? No, she's not with me. And so she comes and we're running around for like 10, 15 minutes. We are freaking out. Let me tell you what was not going through my mind. This is what was not going through my mind. Well, man, I lost Macy, but you know, I got two other kids. They're pretty great. <laughs> Haley's sweet and Tanner's cool. If, if something happens, I got them. They're good. They were the last thing on my mind. At that moment, I didn't care anything about them. Sorry, Tanner, you're back there. Because all I could think about was the one that was lost. And if you want to know what is on the heart of God, what he gets passionate about is all he can think about is the, the one. The 99, he's, he's glad that you're here, but he's willing to do whatever it takes to go after the one. And what he's trying to do is when you and I begin to accelerate, 
when we begin to get into God's house and his word and we get into small groups, suddenly we start realizing it's not about me and suddenly all we can think about is the lost. All we can think about is the one who doesn't know Jesus. So now we'll say, hey, I'll do a circle at my house twice a month and we'll barbecue because I know how to barbecue because I got some people across the street that need Jesus, y'all. Come on, anybody got some people in your neighborhood that really need Jesus? They, they just moved? Okay. Well, guess what? We got circles all around the city. Come on. Suddenly, all you can think about is the lost. Suddenly, your perspective changes. Suddenly, it's not now, what can I get? It's, what, what can I give? That's what happened. The church suddenly changed, and now it was... Well, well, what can I give? Some of them were like, well, I've got property. I could sell it. I'm not using it. I'm not going to take it to heaven with me. I'll sell it and I'll use it for the kingdom. Others said, well, you know, I got a house. Why don't you come to my house? It's perfect. We can hang out in the backyard. I've got a fire pit back there. We can make s'mores. And we can talk about Jesus. Suddenly it's like, well, I got, you know, I got some experience. I've lived a while. I've gone through some stuff. Everybody's got something to give. You've got time. Some of you, it may not be money, it may be time. Well, Pastor, I'm, I'm busy. I, I'm a commuter. We've got soccer. I guarantee you, you've got 45 minutes twice a month. It might mean you have to put the remote down, but you've got 45 minutes. I'm telling you, when you begin to fall in love with Jesus, his church and his bride, his body, suddenly you start to care about what he cares about. And when you care about what he cares about, suddenly you realize it's not about me. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, when it becomes not about you, guess what? God makes it about you. Because then he starts getting you up on the water, and you start riding waves, and you start advancing, and you start accomplishing, and you start reaching, and he starts blessing you because he knows that you'll be a blessing with what he's blessed you with. You see, everything changes. We accelerate when we devote ourselves to generosity. What would have happened if Regina had not had a circle that said, hey, come on. What's going on? You realize Regina was an atheist. And she said, I'm not going to that church. But she joined a circle. Because in a circle, God gives the seed to make you fruitful. And now, she's running our cafe. She's doing ministry. She's sharing with others. She's giving her testimony. God wants you and I to accelerate. But we got to be devoted to church, to circles, and to generosity.